And we are live. All right, let's get this uh, link out there. Do this, uh, do this this way this time. So I'll go live first and then get the link out there for sharing for everybody. But first, let's make sure that uh, this thing is actually live. Uh, there we go. Good. All right, we are happening. Uh, hey, everybody. So I'm sure, okay, eight people are watching now. Good. So looks like we're uh, we're good to go. And we actually, you have to understand the miracle that is occurring right now, that Seven is here on camera for this length of time. It's treats. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. Let's see if we can get him to do it. Come on. Shake. Shake. Oh, you see? You couldn't quite see it there, but he was shaking. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Come over here. Come over here. <laughs> Face this way. There you go. Come on, shake. There you go. Seven the Wonder Cat. Shake, shake. There you go. Oh, ah, there he goes. Yep. He is. This is like shy cat guy. Mm -hmm. Seven the Wonder Cat is wondrously shy. <laughs> hey, guys. All right. Here we go. And of course, seven. Good. All right. So it looks like we're interacting here. You guys can hear us uh, okay. Man, what a morning. So, um, yeah, anyway, some technical difficulties. We don't need to get into all the specifics of it. I had some things plugged. I had to plug things in differently. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I, I brought everything in here so we could sit on our couch and do this. And uh, then everything was a disaster, of course. So, anyway, we're good now. Hey, Brighton, England. Hey, John. All right. Good to see you. Thanks for coming on board here. Keep YouTube working. That's right. All right. So, um, man, boy, we've got so many things happening in Shelton land uh, these days. But we're going to do a whole podcast about the whole social media thing. So I'm going to try not to yeah. talk about that more than we already did in yeah, the yeah. podcast yesterday. And and uh, um, it, we're going to do a whole podcast on that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, but we are here to uh, Oregon. Good. Hey, how's it going? So we're here to answer questions. Uh, this is the 200th episode. Oh, let me let me share this, actually. Let me get this out there. Uh, of the Critical Q&A show. And definitely, believe me, when I started this, I did not think it was going to go to 200 episodes. Uh, so anyway, I got to get this out on uh, Twitter here. Uh, where's my Twitter logon code? There it is. Good. Just so I can share the good news that we are live. We are live. Join us. Join us. <laughs> Join us. It's not a cult. There's no cult going on here. <laughs> the real leader is seven. That's right. That That is the cult leader right over there. He's out of frame right now, but... <laughs> this guy is just amazing. All right. So good. That is out there. And let's get this up on Facebook. And uh, you guys can start throwing uh, questions our way if you have not already. Uh, sorry, I'm taking care of the social media business after the fact, but I shared it beforehand earlier and that didn't work so good. So I'm just saying we are live. Join us. All right, and here's the link. Good. And let's get that out there. Come on. There we go. Facebook. Gotta hate it. 
Okay. No, I don't want to add photos. I love all these stupid suggestions Facebook gives you when you're just trying to post something, you know? All right, good. Here we go. So let's see. I have Carlton, though. I have a very serious question. All right. Um, cool. See what you got. Um, who else has been here since episode one? Yes. John, my friend. All right. Um, quick bait by showing static image of cat. <laughs> yeah, if he would come in frame, I'd be happy to show a few static images of him. All right. Thoughts on new YouTube's conspiracy theory policy and the new wave of demonetization. If you don't break the already vague rules, you can still be banned and comments can lose you mon your monetization. Wow. Comments can. Wow. Man, YouTube is just disappointing every single day. I have been off of social media. I've been off of a lot of the news for the last three weeks, so I've not been in the loop. I'm purposefully out of the loop. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my, what was that FOMO? My fear of missing out has, has, has greatly reduced. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but I am a little missing out. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not hear about this, but I have spoken about free speech before. I'm a passionate endorser of free speech. So long as it's not incendiary, violent, in, you know, inducing speech. I'm not, I'm not down with that. Um, you know, people have lots of crazy ideas out there. Lots of different ideas. I say crazy because... They're really different from mine. <laughs> and in a relative, you know, scheme of looking at the world, um, that's what we usually call crazy. <laughs> but um, but I don't mind people talking about their ideas. What I what I what I think is wrong, and I think where lines get crossed is when people are urging others to action, and that action is violent or or somehow um taking away other people's uh, attempts to take away other people's uh, human rights or civic rights or civil mm -hmm. rights or whatever. That's where it's, that's where you're crossing lines that are not acceptable with your speech. Uh, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, um, you know, it's not like we're well, anyway. Yeah. You shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. So that's kind of my, my fundamental view on that. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Uh, Facebook. Yes. Okay. What's your problem with facial hair recently? What? I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what this is. Thanks Carl for the serious question. Um, he was trying to oh, get him. So I moved him over there. Okay, good. <laughs> um, this is all symbolic. <laughs> February has been like new man month, new man, February. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this whole this whole like social media challenge for me was actually more significant than that because it's not just taking away things out of my life and and struggling to survive anyway. Right. Um, it has also been um, more time for reading and exercise mm -hmm. and meditation. I actually meditated for the first time ever. Um, what was that? A couple of days weeks ago? ago yeah. A couple of weeks, you know, yeah. like a week ago. Yeah. Listening to Sam Harris, waking up. Uh, good book, by the way. Very excellent essay in the middle of that book about consciousness and self awareness. And I don't mean self awareness in some guru weird way. I mean self awareness, like really being aware of your thoughts and ideas and where they're coming from and who you are. It's fascinating information in a very non mystical, non woo, down to earth way. You know, so I know Sam Harris is controversial in a number of ways. I know there are things he has said that I definitely disagree with. Um, so, you know, Sam Harris isn't my guru. 
but he is he did write a book about meditation and that book is quite good so that's what I've, that's one thing i've been reading i've been reading jonathan Haidt. we've been reading jonathan yeah. Haidt actually um because we've been covering uh the righteous mind and mm-hmm. um happiness hypothesis yes so um so that's been really great so it's kind of this is a really long answer to a really stupid short question but it, you know, that's sort of what I'm doing here is kind of restarting <laughs> without being, uh, I know that sounds totally goofy, but, you know, it's just kind of like clean the slate, mm-hmm. get some things off off the mind, off the, off you know, the, the, the problem slate and kind of start anew with some things. And it's felt that way for me. And it's, and it's been... A lot of ups and downs, a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things, you know. So that's what's been happening there. So it's coming back. I'm growing it back now. By next week, it'll yep. all be back. Yep. Uh, my my goatee and Real my hair fast. will start growing back out again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the symbolism of all of that. <laughs> what else have we had here? Have you um, been watching it all? Uh, yeah there we go back up here um all right yeah youtube um oh okay all right brandy schwiegel brock asks what do you think about what the cult is trying to do to aaron um okay so you're referring to the criminal charges that were brought against aaron smith levin um down in clearwater uh it's a completely uh what's the word created it's invented it's mm-hmm. an invented situation there's no crime at all i mean aaron explained it i don't know maybe he shouldn't have been talking about that publicly since it's still an ongoing investigation but he explained the whole situation and um and it's ridiculous you know and scientology is just trying to uh they sent a couple guys in they sent a guy in to try to uh thwart the scientology and aftermath show and the aftermath foundation and it was a ham-fisted attempt at best. Um, and, you know, there were, uh, Aaron explains it all in a video that he just posted a few days ago, so you can check that out. My fe- my feelings on it is it's just more foot bullets for the church because it's obvious that there was no criminal intent or criminal activity. Um, so it's just noise and distraction, which is what Scientology does in order to deflect attention away from themselves and keep attention on us or personal problems or the the embroilments mm-hmm. and drama and fights that we sometimes get into within the ex community they love that stuff they love it i, I you know i really i i i can't get across how much mm-hmm. they love that drama mm-hmm. and it's Sometimes, you know, people have personal conflicts or issues between themselves, and this comes out in the community, and it gets drama-ish. It's really no different than any other community as far as that goes. But the difference is we have Osa watching Mm -hmm, the community mm -hmm. and trying to, when something starts, when some fire starts, uh, they try to pour fuel on it. That's their job. Literally, their job is to do that. So they're trying to cre- use this opportunity to f- create more dissension, more um, you know, disagreements amongst the ranks and that sort of thing. And I only stress that so that you guys understand as outsiders looking in on the community or as you know, for you never ends or for us ex-members who are involved in this, 
that all that drama, all that nonsense and noise is just so much wasted effort. Like most of social media fighting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, which Rachel and I did a whole podcast on this week. Um, it's just a waste of time. It's a fantastic waste of time. Oh, yeah. And so in Aaron's case in particular, I am sure that he will be vindicated of everything and because he didn't do anything wrong. You know, and that's the price you have to pay for trying to help people in the ex-Scientology world. And that kind of sucks, but that's what it is. All right, let's see here. Uh, Thoughts on Leah's latest season, uh, John's asking. Have you considered doing review commentaries on the channel each week? I'm sure that would be welcome. I was asked, actually, about doing something like that, about doing like a show-by-show review. But instead, what I wanted to do is wait till the season ended. And then I was going to kind of do a whole video or podcast on the whole thing. And that's probably going to come in a couple of weeks because um, I need to catch up on a couple episodes, actually, because I've been we've been off TV. Right, right. So that included Leah's show. Uh, I wasn't even mm-hmm. putting that on there. So I have to catch up on those episodes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Seven knows where the treats are. Yes, he does. <laughs> Uh, okay, Elva Stainthorpe asks, on the Aftermath show and other anti-publications, they show videos, images of meetings, and written policies. My question is, how did they get them if they're no longer in Scientology? Oh, my God. All of it's online. I have an extensive collection. I mean, tens of gigabytes worth of information that I've downloaded since leaving the church and gone and sifted through and organized into my own Scientology library. All on um, tons of his lectures, transcripts of the lectures, all the books, um, even some of the uh, videos, vi- events, uh, Scientology events and stuff. All of this is out there and findable on the internet. And so you can download this stuff and then quote from it or cite it or put, you know, clips of it uh, in videos, which is what I do. So that's how I've gotten all that information. And I know that's how, and I've helped Leah's show and other shows. Um, you know, also with references and quotes and, and, and stuff like that. All right. Greetings from the Czech Republic. God damn. Wow. Hey man. Welcome. (laughs) Wow. Here we sit in Denver broadcasting to the Czech Republic. East Europe. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's crazy. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Hey man, that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, okay. What is the connection between the prison planet of Scientology and Alex Jones? Carrie Poppy asked you and you forgot to answer. Okay. Um, yes, I remember seeing this question directed to me. Okay. Thanks, Polly. Uh, Polly Math asked this question. So Alex Jones, prison planet, Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist extraordinaire and douchebag, uh, even more (laughs) extraordinaire, um, has a website called prisonplanet.com. Scientologists love this because prison planet is a term that's used in Scientology to refer to Earth. It's a prison planet. Hubbard talked about how it's a prison because people get sent here. And I mean, we're talking, you know, like they were sent here Trelania ago. I mean, they've been here for a long time. They were sent here spiritually as spiritual entities because they were kicked out of the societies that they were in. The, the, you know, interplanetary sort of uh, extraterrestrial societies mm-hmm. that exist out there, according to Hubbard, they get kicked out. In fact, Hubbard said that there were four, I'm going to try to remember this, there were four types of personalities that yeah. were sent here. Criminals, artists, 
um, govern people like like uh, rabble rousers, okay. right? Revolutionaries. And I think he said, I can't remember the fourth one. Maybe it was like high power administrative executive type person who was too good. Oh. I think I might be, that one might be off, but the first three are definitely according to Hubbard. Okay. And so he said this whole planet, this whole society is so insane because look at who's making it up. Mm -hmm. Criminals, revolutionaries, and people who actually kind of know what to do. And it's this crazy mix, right? So Scientologists think about this place as a prison planet. People got sent here. They got relegated here. They got, uh, what's the word um, when you kick somebody out of a community? Excommunicated. No, not excommunicated. Um, Anyway, yeah, they got kicked out. Okay. Like for good. Yeah. Uh, And so they got sent here. So, um, So because Alex Jones, Alex Jones doesn't get into the extraterrestrial stuff. In fact, he's kind of down on that. Mm -hmm. Um, He, uh, so he doesn't get into that kind of conspiracy, but the kind of conspiracies Alex Jones talks about, Scientologists lap up. They love it. I've done whole videos on this and I really recommend you check them out. Um, I didn't talk about this prison planet connection, but that's just a phrase that happens to coincide between Alex Jones's world and Scientology's world. I believe that Alex Jones has a Scientologist or former Scientologist working for him. And I need to look into that more closely. Um, I I know for a fact that there's a connection there, but I don't know if the guy is still a practicing Scientologist. And I don't know if Alex Jones is aware of the fact that this guy used to be or is a Scientologist Mm. in his vicinity. I've been I've been sitting on that for a while because I have a uh, I have to investigate it and look into it. But um, there might be a a kind of hidden Scientology connection there. But if so, it's a small thing. You know, it's not like that's what rules Alex Jones. And I am not saying in any way, shape, or form that the Church of Scientology is officially connected with Alex Jones in any way. There is no connection that I'm aware of. There's only this one guy who was in a Scientology music video, used to be a Scientologist, might still be a Scientologist, who is in Alex Jones's inner circle. That's what I know. So um, so that's what I can speak to about all that. All right. Um, uh, oh, this is an interesting one. What has Sam Harris said that you find inaccurate? I don't know if I want to get into that whole thing right <laughs> now. Um, okay, well, it's a question. Uh, are you looking at me? Well, I just, I'm just thinking. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, 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 no. It's nothing directed toward you. It's just, um, Sam Harris is a great guy. He's very, oh, yeah. very smart, obviously, very, very intelligent. Um, and I, I feel like he's coming from a good place. Um, but I do feel he his um, fight against Islam um, is some of his phrasing and some of the ways that he has, has, has said or, or expressed himself in, in certain regards to that um, is made me a little, hmm, I think he's praying with too broad a brush mm-hmm. um, when it comes to discussing the, um, the, the vicissitudes, the ups and downs, the, the good and bad of, of, uh, of Islam uh, as a religion. Uh, which is different from the practice of it. I, I have all kinds of criticisms about Islam. Don't. Uh, this is not. I'm not saying that Sam Harris is an Islamophobe or <laughs> some kind of nonsense like that. You know, it's not. It's not even like that. 
but I just feel he takes some things, or at least he has in the past. I can't say for sure what his exact current position is on it because I haven't listened to him talk about this in a few months. But the last time I've I've heard or listened to him speak about this, I thought that he was taking it a bit too far. And, um, you know, not all people who practice Islam are potentially terrorists threats, or yeah. threats, right? And, uh, and he kind of makes it out. If I'm, un- if as I've understood it, and I'm willing to be wrong about it, but as I've understood him to speak about this, he seems to definitely have some very strong opinions about it that um, it just needs to be wiped off the face of the earth entirely mm-hmm. and completely. And um, I don't, I don't particularly agree with that. All right. Um, <laughs> so the cult got me put in Facebook jail for hate speech by saying Miscavige is an evil twin of the Keebler <laughs> elves. <laughs> That's not hate speech. That's just funny. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, actually, I might as well just comment on this real fast right now. Hate speech. I hate that term. I hate hate speech. <laughs> um, it's a relative term that is oh, yeah. almost meaningless because hate is an ex- is a personal expression of feeling that is different from one person to the next to the next. So there, how do you define hate and hate speech in a very clear, distinctive way that makes it very black and white? That's hate speech. That's not. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, how do you differentiate between humor and hate speech? Right. How do you right. differentiate between Irony and hate speech, sarcasm and hate speech. So I have an issue with hate speech as a thing. As I've already said, uh, with free speech, you know, say what you want, but if you're calling for inciting violence or calling for or inciting the violation of other people's human rights, civil rights, civil liberties, right? That's wrong. that's and that's pretty clearly yeah. that's kind of easy to define. That's yeah. there's not you know there's there I think there's less shades of gray in mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Hate speech hate speech laws concern me uh, greatly because of their potential interpretation or misinterpretation. So that's that's my problem with that. Is to <coughs> throw that out there. Are you used to go to the Boston, Oregon? Got out in time. Did you know anybody from the Boston, New York, seventies, early eighties? I did not. Uh, John Coleman's asking me if I knew anybody from the Boston area. I was West U.S., so um, no, I didn't know anybody from the Boston area, certainly not in the 70s and 80s. I grew up in Scientology in Los Angeles and grew up in Pasadena. So that's that, that was all the, that was my Scientology world uh, as a kid. Exiled. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> should pay more attention to the comments when I'm struggling with these things. Uh, so we are the Australia of planets. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. What happens after a billion in one years? Kenneth Tarlow asks. This is in reference to the billion year contract that Sea Org members sign. Um, and what happens then is, uh, I guess we all assume by a billion years from now, we'll have cleared the entire universe. <laughs> and so we have that's a right. universal party like it's 1999. I hope not. That was a really boring New Year's. <laughs> I know, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was the worst. It was one of the worst New Year's ever. And it was supposed to be so amazing. It wasn't I, even a riot. Come on. I know. I waited I waited a decade for that. <laughs> banished. Yes, that's the other word. Banished. Banished, yeah. Yep. Banished. Um, 
Right. A dozen Islamic countries execute and behead atheists, and you're concerned about phrasing. I love it when people come at me like that. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I'm concerned about phrasing of an intellectual white man in America who discusses and critiques Islam. Yes, I am concerned about his phrasing because his words affect millions of people. So, yeah, that actually does bother me. At the same time, atheists being beheaded in um, the Middle East bothers me greatly, too. I'm bothered by both of these things. <laughs> I'm bothered much more by the beheadings and the killings of atheists. I find that grotesque behavior. I am not down with organized religion. Um, and that's one of the reasons why. When I was discussing Sam Harris and my problem with his phrasing, it had to do with tolerance of belief, not killing atheists. There's a vast difference between executing people for their belief, which I wholly and completely disagree with, and tolerating a person's um, right to believe and practice a religion. Right. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the violent part. I, these, anyway, I think that's kind of clear. Mm -hmm. So that's my response to that, Robert. Thanks for commenting. Um, <laughs> I use vicissitudes casually in a sentence. Thank you, David. <laughs> Got a thousand, 10,000 points for that. Greetings from Yorkshire. Thank you. All right, let's see here. Jeff Augustine, radio, asked the question of if the Church of Scientology auditing was mental health counseling, and if it is, would it be HIPAA confidential restricted? What is auditing technically defined as? As I understand it, auditing is technically defined as religious pastoral, pastoral counseling. Uh, in the same way that if you went down to um, your local... your priest. Yes, and yeah. you told him your troubles. Uh, he is empowered to advise or counsel you. Um, often ministers have degrees, mm -hmm. right? They go get them because of this kind, because of this function of their job. Uh, Scientologists get their degrees from the academy. <laughs> as I degrees, yeah. yeah. As I described in grim detail a couple of weeks ago here on my podcast, that training is completely ridiculous. Um, but it still falls under this pastoral counseling thing. And that's a, that's a whole different thing from licensed medical care, which has boards and licenses mm -hmm. and, uh, and oversight. And uh, there's a formal complaint system. I mean, there's a whole thing in place for the medical community that does not exist for the religious community. And I do have a bit of a problem with that. I think there should be licensing, I think there should be oversight because mental health counseling that ministers engage in, whether they're trained or not, they, they, they should be trained and they should have some idea of what they're doing. And I mm -hmm. actually think that there should be, um, and, and maybe there are in some cases, but uh, internships or, um, you know, some kind of mentoring program or something under experienced counselors, you know, I'm talking about in the religious field, because that's that's the least they could do since they don't have all this structure in place that that exists in the medical world. And as as I understand it, that's why HIPAA laws don't apply in the religious community uh, okay. like they do in a medical community. But everything that is told to a minister is, of course, confidential and it's kept confidential by law. I think unless you're um, 
confessing to committing crimes. I think right. that I think they're I think Hurt then yourself or others. Yeah, I think then they can go and tell the police. But again, this is all just off the top of my head. I've very little research on this. Uh, okay. I explained at the beginning where my beard is. Uh, Coupunks. Uh, it's, it's coming back. It's growing back right now. Hate speech is saying Dwayne Dibley sucks. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Um, oh, okay. All right. Let's tackle this one. Desultory asks, what's your opinion of the angry gay Pope? Did you ever encounter him as a Scientologist? What do you think of him? Um, I like everybody in the X community for what they're doing and their intention and effort in trying to, you know, fight back against the abuses of Scientology. That being said, I do not agree with his methods. I don't think that angrily or antagonistically approaching Scientologists or Sea Org members and, you know, bulbating them or trying to rile them up or push their buttons or get them to react. I don't think any of that is a very good idea. All it does um, actually is uh, make it worse because it reinforces their beliefs. Every one of those Scientologists that angry gay Pope goes and yells and screams at and gives a hard time to is somebody who is that much more sure mm -hmm. that they are right and we are wrong. And that is just not effective protest, right? And uh, and I know um, I've met angry gay Pope. Actually, I met, he was the one who filmed our first video uh, when I went out to Karen Della Carriere's oh. back in February, 2014 and did my very, very, very first video uh, for her channel. He's the one who filmed it. You know, nice guy. I don't have anything against him personally. I just think that his tactics are wrong uh, as to how he goes about protesting Scientology. I know some people really get off on it, and, you know, it's just not my thing. So I'm not going to say, well, you guys, I'm not going to start calling you all names. I'm just going to say I don't agree with what that with what you're doing because I see the um, inevitable result of it being Scientologists doubling down on their beliefs. And so really that protest is counterproductive. Mm -hmm. That's how I see that. No problem with any of them, with, with him or anybody else who's doing that. Personally, it's that action I have a problem with. Hey, Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you for that donation. Where'd that come from? That was somebody down here. Come on, little comments together. Go up and down the comments oh, there. there so glad you're on this earth. Oh, open my eyes 67. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love donations. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, I <laughs> didn't expect an actual answer to my question. <laughs> Costa Rica. Hey, okay, that's polymath there. Let's see what we got here. Um, that was the Sam Harris question. Just trying to go up and down here. Try not to miss anything too important. Um, Lisa Williams, watch Aaron Smith 11. Okay, guy. Yep, from the UK, Minnesota. Hey, Johnny. Awesome. Ugh, a little chilly out there, I would imagine, right now. Okay, Pockets is cool asks What are the chances of ever seeing Miscavige in public? Does he stay within the confines of Scientology properties? Um, no, he doesn't stay within the confines of Scientology properties, but his life is very, very, very carefully managed. Um, one of the best kept secrets in Scientology internally is where David Miscavige is going to be next. Hmm. His schedule as itinerary is very, very confidential. 
Um, we were told and as Sea Org members that that was a security thing because, you know, threats of assassination and that sort of thing. I doubt that's actually an issue. I don't think David Miscavige gets death threats. Um, you know, and not, certainly not very serious ones. Um, any more than other celebrities mm-hmm. would from that, you know, from people who are mentally imbalanced. Um, but he is a paranoid little, little dude. And, uh, and so that, that's very much, uh, so we never knew from one day to the next where he was going to be. Um, but he gets out in the public, uh, but he, but you're not going to see him at Macy's or, you know, Walmart <laughs> or something. I mean, he's that's got an entourage. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. He's got an entourage. He's got SUVs. He's got bodyguards. I mean, when he goes somewhere, you kind of know when he shows up, you know, uh, for the most part. Uh, let's see. Uh, there are tons of those. Tron, da, 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 da. Since this is the 200th episode. Oh, here's a great question. Mercini Papadaki. Uh, since this is the 200th episode, congratulations, thank you. In what ways have you changed since episode one? I think I'm a li- bit looser. Ah. I think I'm a bit more open. I'm not as guarded or or or. Uh, I was going to say conservative, but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the right word. But okay. I feel more open. I feel looser than I used to. Um, still very much motivated by trying to get, you know, help get information across to folks however I can. And it seems to be, you know, working. But um, but as far as uh, um, how have I changed? God, how have I not changed? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've gotten married. Yeah. <laughs> I found love again. Different. <laughs> um, I got a cat. Uh, <laughs> and that changes you, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't a, that wasn't a joke. um let's see uh of course i've learned a tremendous amount i've really shifted a lot in terms of my views about scientology where now when i first got out i wasn't going to talk about the tech particular i was going to stay focused on the abuses and the organizational abuses and i pretty much got all that out and then i realized actually there's a lot to talk about with this tech because it itself is abusive and i hadn't realized how much the so that was true when i first started my channel i have learned so much about uh, how our brains work how our emotions work how our bodies work because i've had to now because it used to be when i was in scientology that i didn't care about any of that because my whole focus was on the spiritual side of life. And, and I thought that we as spiritual entities were the ones who were running and guiding and, and, and in charge of everything. And I didn't know um, that that was an illusion <laughs> or a fantasy. So now that I'm out, I'm not, you know, I don't think about myself as a, as a spiritual entity or Thetan. And I think of myself more as a body and a brain and nerves and, and you know, organs and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So um, so now I'm trying to understand. Now I'm trying to come to a whole new understanding of life and how we react to it and what causes us to act the way we do and think the way we do. And, uh, and so there's been a lot of changes learning about all of that stuff and, uh, and reconciling it. That's been the hard part. That's mm-hmm. that's what's caused a lot of the ups and downs oh, for me yeah. emotionally has been the 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 reconciling this new knowledge against what I was literally raised with. 
you know, the idea that, that there's a whole nother world of spirituality mm-hmm. and, and we can save this world from its, you know, imminent destruction because of our reactive minds, all that, you know, now I don't uh, save the world. Yeah. Whatever, you know, <laughs> sure. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah. The world doesn't need saving, you know, maybe we do, but yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's, let's see what else we got here. Uh, greetings from Austria. God damn. Czech Republic wow. and Austria. Wow. Love this. I love doing this. All right. Um, here's the Boston question. Um, do you know if it's true? Brandy is asking, do you know if it's true that the founder of Eckenkar was a friend of LRH? It reeks of Scientology techniques. No, I don't think he was a friend of L. Ron Hubbard. I think that that man was somebody who, who took some of Hubbard's techniques or methods or, or plagiarized them, you know, from the same place Hubbard plagiarized them and put Eck and Carr together. I don't think that Hubbard was not friends with anybody who was running other cults or groups. Mm. Hubbard was very, very non-competitional. Yeah. Oh my God, look at seven. He's like so catnipped out right now. He's like, you know, I, if I could point the camera at it. Anyway, he's very cute. Um, <laughs> So Hubbard was not into sharing. Hubbard was not into being friends with. Hubbard was was very vindictive towards anybody who took any part of his stuff and used it for themselves and didn't pay him for it. He really, really hated that. So, uh, no, I don't think he was uh, he was friends there. All right, let's go down the line here. We went up a little bit too far, I think. We've had a lot more comments since then. Yeah, there we go. What will happen when Miscavige dies? At- I've, I've answered that question like 10 times and the bottom line is nobody knows. We'll see. You know, a lot of things could happen. There's a, there's so many possibilities that an absolute prediction of what's going to occur when a scavenge dies is I used to, I used to feel like, you know, I talk about things that have changed. I used to feel a lot more confident that I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize, I, I don't know, shit, you know, things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. It could be that it'll that it'll evolve the same mm-hmm. way the JWs did into a council or board of, of members who are running the show. Uh, it could just all d- dissolve, you know, if Miscavige dis- disappears and he has the keys to all the passcodes into all the bank accounts and he knows where all the money is and where all the bodies are buried, and he's the one who's been in charge of talking to all the lawyers. No one else in Scientology is going to have that knowledge or those passwords or that information. And I'm using passwords in a symbolic figurative way. I don't mean literally the passwords. I mean, he knows the procedures and and how to go about getting to this money and Mm -hmm. getting to these people and how and, and the compartmentalization of information in Scientology is so tight that literally there are things he knows that no one else has a clue about. So, um, so if he just up and died, I don't think there's any turnover plan or anything like that. And he's not grooming a successor. So, you know, it could all just fall apart very quickly and it'd be nice if that happened. Uh, okay. Let's see here. If Scientology's goal is to clear the planet, how do they justify not having orgs in all 50 States, but a bunch in Florida? What's with their geography? Ms. Lisa May asks, that's a good question. Um, kind of indicates that 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 their goal might not be clearing the planet Mm -hmm. kind of indicates that their goal might be making money yep yep right because they've got so much money 
they could easily open up churches in every Everywhere. state. Yeah. They've actually got enough money that they could get buildings in every major city wow. in the United States if they really wanted to. That wouldn't even be hard. The hard part would be staffing those buildings because they don't have the staff because there aren't enough Scientologists. Mm -hmm. That's actually logistically why there aren't uh, churches in every single uh, state is because nobody's opened them there because there aren't enough Scientologists because they're a tiny, tiny little group of people. So that's that's the answer to the question. Um, <clears throat> how did you escape the Sea Org? Ah, uh, man, come on! I've I've done whole videos on that. That's uh, it's you know I I just uh, I left uh, in 2012. I got sick of it. 2000 uh, and I and I said, okay, I'm done. I'm leaving the Sea Org, and I left. Uh, so we're still doing phrasing. Yes, we are still doing phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, come on. 9-11 was an inside Jewish job, a pretext to go to war and destabilize Israel's neighbors. What are their goals? Greater Israel and a Jew world order. Okay. Thanks, no. Desert Wolf, for the anti-Semitism here. Uh, why is Tom Cruise setting up shop in Clearwater? I honestly don't know. Of all the places I could think of to go, Clearwater would be the last place I would ever want to live. Scientology or not. I just hate Florida, personally. I know Floridians are like, oh, it's great here. No, I hate it. All right. I think Desert Wolf needs to uh, go away for a little while. Bye, Desert Wolf. We'll, uh, we'll deal with your anti-Semitism some other time. <laughs> uh, okay. Da, 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 da. Well, you know, Gibson said it, it must be true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I put, I put Desert Wolf in a timeout. Hopefully he will get the hint. Uh, okay. Ireland. Hey, Danny Clark from Ireland. All right, let's see here. Yeah, don't feed the trolls. Um, okay, here's a good question. Ranyart37 asks, will the Church of Scientology morph into a moderate religion where the org implodes in the near future? For example, similar to the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, saw the reorganized Church of Latter-day Saints arise. Um, it's possible. It's entirely possible that church Scientology will morph into a kinder, gentler version of itself. But um, if that happens, then it would take a strong leader who would be okay with de-emphasizing and even canceling some of Hubbard's policies um, and practices, getting rid of the Office of Special Affairs, or certainly defanging it and um, getting rid of disconnection. Those would, be, those would be three things right off the top that need to happen. And then um, getting rid of the upper levels is just, you know, but, but that's, then, then it's not Scientology anymore. Then, you're, then you've got a whole different group. So um, are, you t are you to subscribe to PewDiePie? No, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, not a PewDiePie fan. Uh, let's see here. Where would them, what's the name giving, where it begin? Many cultures think support mental health are given in informal relationships. Lisa, I'm not sure I understand your question. Lisa Van, Van Denhoven asks, where then would comforting and listening and giving advice and, and mental health support begin? In many cultures, the things that support mental health are given in informal relationships. Uh, sure. Um, as far as, uh, 
Um, I mean, I guess it depends on the person you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, if you go see a priest or a minister, you know you're in a religious setting. Right. And you're receiving pastoral counseling, which is different from, uh, it's a different setting with a different attitude and flavor to it because you're in a religious setting than when you go to a mental health counselor mm -hmm. and you're receiving a standardized form of therapy that is taught in universities right, right. Uh, or in schools or is developed by, you know, research scientists or people who, you know, are coming up with psychology, psychiatry techniques. And that's a licensed, overseen, you know, there's authorizations, there's, there's degrees, there's like certifications. So it's a much more formal structure, you know? So I, and, and that is, I think it's more like levels. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of think of it like you have your friends and family, kind of informal discussions with them. Maybe they can help you out. Then you go see your priest and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. he helps me, maybe he doesn't, but it's a religious setting. So he's going to be talking religion at you, you know, as, as a, as in terms of solutions to your problems, they're going to be faith-based solutions. Uh, they might have psychological techniques mixed in with them, but they're always going to be faith-based solutions versus uh, you go see a counselor or a psychologist. And, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but, um, well, I guess there are Christian counselors. There are, yeah. Right? There's different types of religious counselors and non-religious counselors. and Right. So you could go see a trained formal counselor mm -hmm. therapist who has a religious angle right, also. Right. But again, that's not the same thing because you're not going to see him in a religious setting. Right, right, exactly. It, you wouldn't call that pastoral no, counseling. No, no. That's psychotherapy. That's that's therapy, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that's how I see it. Uh, Atlanta. Hey, Atlanta. Beautiful day there, huh? Kind of nice here in Denver yeah, today. Yeah, not too bad lately. As of lately, I mean, it's been worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, looks like we might be getting to the near the end of the comments here. Uh, when will... Oh, how's the new studio apartment working out? Somebody asks. Oh, John. Hey, thanks oh, for the nice. two pounds, John. Uh, it's working out great. I moved in here to the uh, living room for today because I wanted to do this on the couch mm -hmm. with Melissa instead of sitting on a couple stools <laughs> in the studio. But the studio is working great. I really like it. It uh, has improved the, the sound quality and the, yeah. the ability to just kind of go into a space and it's already all set up. I don't have to set up the camera every mm -hmm. single time I want to film, which is what I've been doing for years. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, so it's been been really great and it's and uh, you know just to put a plug in i mean this is only happening because of you guys you guys are supporting oh, yeah. this and making it happen so thank you uh saw a show where a girl sued a cult for human trafficking and won wow will this help with future suits against scientology the show was on a and e and was about cults thanks bjk54 asks uh, yes, that will help. Every single little victory moves the ball down the road, especially legal victories. And taking on Scientology directly in a court of law is a formidable task. So taking on another cult that might not have the same resources uh, or ability or 
gumption to fight the way Scientology does might be the way to go about taking down Scientology in certain ways because you can set legal precedents that then the Church of Scientology will have to abide by or follow if in future cases somebody takes Scientology to court. Mm. So all of these victories matter. All of them are important and all of them are moving that ball. We also have um, a coercive persuasion mm-hmm. uh, laws um, happening in, I think, England or Ireland, I've heard. Um, and also New Jersey is trying out something with undue influence um, that has mostly been a business type law. But now they're talking about undue influence in terms of relationships. So slowly, there are a few things happening that might develop into something very, very useful against Scientology in the future. But for now, I'm just kind of watching it happen. Uh, Let's see here. All right. When will LRH finally return? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Going up the line. Please get a mod. Okay. Working on it. Uh, let's see here. When's the next three apostates episode? Uh, I love the similarities and contrasts that come up. My first channel asks soon. Uh, I was going to reach out to them actually in a couple weeks and uh, and see about putting another podcast together. So we'll 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 get that happening. Congratulations on the two hundred. Um, well, now that's an interesting one. Blake Nestle asks. Thoughts on former anti-vax kids hmm. suing their parents for neglect. What do you think about that? I think maybe it's a, a good thing. I mean, it kind of is neglect, in my opinion. I mean, I'm very pro-vax. Uh, you know, I I think this whole fear of them is ridiculous. And it's just, you got to vaccinate, you know, to Especially as someone with an autoimmune disease, please vaccinate your children, please, for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would would tend to agree. I'm very, very context specific on this kind of thing. Um, I, you know, it's not a black and white issue. There are, there are certain medications and there are certain vaccinations that have had issues. There are many, many, many others that have not, but people are claiming that they have. Uh, That's wrong. Right. Right. And humans are weird and some of us have allergies to things that others don't so you might be allergic to something in a vaccination and you can't take that one and that's perfectly fine but if you're not you should be getting vaccinated exactly and (laughs) the whole thing about autism it's it's a very deep well there's a lot of information to know there and you really do need to go down and dive all the way down uh if you really want to understand the whole thing so as far as the specific question of am i you know okay with these kids suing their parents for neglect Maybe, probably. Um, It would depend on what vaccinations are we talking about Mm. that the kids didn't get? How were they exposed to what as a result? And and was it actually neglect? Because I think when it comes to criminal Mm -hmm. things, you know, context and and the specifics and the details actually matter. Yeah. So in a broad sense, it could be neglect, but I'd have to see the specific case. Yeah. But in a general sense... Um, if I had, you know, if we had kids, they'd be vaccinated Oh yeah, without question. Oh yeah. You know, and as far as it causing autism, no, I want somebody to tell me what autism is. Right. Exactly what it is. 
Yeah, exactly. Which right? part of the brain is breaking down and when and where and how? Exactly. Is it a spectrum disorder or yeah. is it a specific thing? And what causes it? Mm-hmm. And right? We don't you, know that yet. You tell me all about yeah, what it is. That. You tell me all about what part of the brain and what parts of the brain are messed up as a result of autism and specifically what it is doing to a person. And then you can explain to me how vaccinations cause it and what right. specific vaccinations doing specifically what to cause it. Mm -hmm. And then we can have that discussion. And so far, of course, I'm saying this in a very loaded way because nobody knows what the hell autism is. They're figuring out the spectrum disorder aspect of it. And, you know, as far as vaccinations causing it, I, I haven't seen anything on it that specifically says this caused this to happen. And therefore this child now has autism, whereas he would not have had it, had this, had these events not occurred. You know, that's how I look at it. And that's as much as I've done on it. So. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> can I find out the name of Miscavige's dog? I probably am not going to do that. But thanks for asking me. <laughs> and yes, he did make people salute his dog. That did happen. It was a, It's a beagle, by the way. And it's a cute little dog. I have seen it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, thanks for the video with Rachel Bernstein about social media. Thank you. I hope more, more folks watch that. Um, have I done, okay. John Jones asks, have you done any research on multi-level marketing pyramid scheme companies such as Amway? Yes, I have. Uh, very culty. Uh, very. I've had discussions with a couple different people from a couple different, uh, multi-level marketing activities, including Amway. And uh, yeah, bad stuff. Uh, stay away from it. Amway is really about selling you on selling. Mm-hmm. That's what Amway is, and that's their that's their their gimmick. And they sell you uh, good feelings. Mm-hmm. They sell you motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. uh, the product is secondary in Amway. And and I think it's actually probably true in most multi level marketing. Yeah, I mean like Avon schemes. and. Whatever else, yeah. Right. I mean, who's making bank? The guys at the top who've created a network mm-hmm. below them of people who are gung-ho about mm-hmm. selling. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily gung-ho about the products. Right, right. They're just trying to get rich, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you miss and lose something there, you know, in terms of life. certainly some life satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. You know? Come to the end of your days and you're like, what did you get done <laughs> You know, well, I sold a lot of Amway. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, switch off. Yes, I can switch people off in this chat. Okay, good. Uh, hey, thanks for the sub, Kevin. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, God, he's back. Okay, time for this guy to go away. Hide user on this channel. Bye, Desert Wolf. You are perfectly, personally... And permanently gone. <laughs> He's still here. Not anymore. Um, Brandy asks, can the files from auditing sessions be subpoenaed or are they considered priest confession or protected? They are considered protected. Hmm. Um, they have, as I, I think I explained even just a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, they have a stamp on them that says confidential confessional priest penitent privilege information. Every single PC folder has that uh, printed on it. 
If the FBI were to raid a Church of Scientology, my understanding is that they are hands-off on those PC folders until they get special uh, permission, like a subpoena order, a court order, in order to be able to look into one of them on a specific parishioner. If the if the, the law enforcement officers can provide um, clear evidence that there, you know, is potentially uh, knowledge of a crime in that folder, so that's what I understand it would take. Um, I'm not a legal expert, though, so that's that's the limit of my knowledge on that. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Johnny asks, is Tom Cruise David Miscavige's successor? I'm being serious. DM said he'd make Tom IG if he could. Well, DM might make Tom IG if he could, although I think he was just saying that. Um, David Miscavige says a lot of things that he doesn't mean. And I think that's one of them. I think that David Miscavige uh, and Tom Cruise's friendship is real to the degree that both of them are capable of having friendships. Um, but I don't think that David Miscavige has any idea of anybody succeeding him. Because uh, I don't think he plans on going anywhere for quite a while. I think he plans on dying doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think he plans on living for a real long time. So, uh, so I don't think that he's thinking that Tom Cruise or anybody else is going to succeed him. Hmm. Um, Crushed It Up says, Hey, Chris, have you ever talked about David Miscavige's 1990 deposition and how he claimed Ron handed over management control to him via Ron's Journal 38? I took a listen to it, and it sounds doctored. You know, I have wondered. Uh, we know that already from Mark Headley's talk here on my, on my show that the church has heavily edited the lectures of L. Ron Hubbard. So could they doctor them as well? Of course they could. Um, have they? I can't say. I have no idea. Um, but could they have? Would they if it served David Miscavige's interests? Yeah, of course they would. So that's pretty much all I can say about that and maintain some intellectual honesty. <laughs> Um, will you be writing another book again? Yes, I will. Um, I will be, um, writing quite a few books, actually. I've got about five on the, on the lineup. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Oh, you got some more money. Oh, I did. Oh my God. Look at that. That's great. Hey guys. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. We're still, oh, okay. There we go. Coffee addict. Let's get down there. There we go. Um, yes, yeah, Coffee Attic. Where did you get your shirt? I made this. <laughs> this is available on my Critical Merchandise channel. If you see me wearing it this year on my channel, um, and it's not like a collar up, collared shirt mm -hmm. or, or sweater, you know, like a shirt like this, you can buy it. It's on my channel, uh, on my Critical Merchandise site. So, uh, link it will be below uh, when this video posts. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else we got? Oh, BJK54. Thank you. Thank you very much. Where is that from? I wonder. Johnny. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. You are awesome for that, uh, super chat there. All right. Let's get on down here and see. Um, yeah. See, my son had autism and was different from birth. No correlation with vaccines at all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have a friend that's Asperger has Asperger's, and 
he's just always been that way. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and this one here too. Uh, Coupunk says autism isn't a bad thing. I'm autistic, and even though there are some problems, I wouldn't want to miss it. Vaccination doesn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. Thank you, man. I, I agree. Um, mm. the way my cat causes pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm glad we're on the same page on this. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Desert Wolf is gone. All right, let's go on down here. And what do you think the fake letter investigation? Oh, that. How do you think Scientology will handle the fake letter investigation? Pam Durant asks. I believe I read that in the news this month. Yes, Scientology has been creating fake in, uh, letters either protest letters to, that they've been sending to A&E and people's names who did not send them. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. This is nuts that Scientology is doing this. I mean, talk about foot bullets. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is call the guy who supposedly sent the letter, which people are doing. Mm -hmm. And there, there, there were a number of letters sent by religious officials of, of varying kinds uh, all over the United States to A&E protesting Scientology in the aftermath and calling it religious bigotry and religious hatred and that kind of nonsense. So they started looking at who was sending the letters, tons of Scientologists. We actually got a whole breakdown of the entire list, and I recognized half the names. Um, big surprise there. And, of course, that's their civil, you know, uh, right. they can yeah, do yeah. that. We don't care, right? But... <laughs> And they're faking letters from religious officials, not regular lay people, but actual ministers and and religious leaders. Uh, and this has come up, I think, one or two instances of, of just plain fake letters, as well as fake social media accounts earlier on their Stand League uh, site. So Scientology is, seems to think nobody's ever going to fact check them, which you yeah, know yeah. Is, is really stupid in this day and age. And they're getting and they're getting caught with their you know with their <laughs> skivvies around their ankles. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Uh, Aaron's dog is suppressive. <laughs> um, yeah, Lisa says I'm most concerned with multi-level marketing essential oil companies. Oh, Seems God, like yeah. a religion of snake oil. I could not agree Absolutely. with you more. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that crap. I, I just yeah yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's see here. Do dogs have Thetans? Okay, good question, Chris Johnson. <laughs> um, and one that L. Ron Hubbard never really answered. And isn't that interesting? This is actually one of those questions that I used to wonder about as a Scientologist. Various Scientologists over the years would say that their cat or their dog was inhabited by a Thetan because just we'll just look in those eyes. Oh They're looking back at you. There's a there's a Thetan there. They know, right? And you're kind of like, dude, okay, whatever. Uh, well, I, I'm glad you love your pet. That's really good, but they're not the same as a human. No. It's not the same thing. I'm not even I'm not even saying greater or lesser than. I'm just saying in the overall scheme of things, mm -hmm. they're not the same. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, that was always a little bit of a bone of contention in Scientology. It's something people would actually talk about. You know, are there thetans that run cats and dogs or other animals? There was kind of implied in one lecture from Hubbard this idea that a thetan could blanket an, a forest or a hive of bees or ants or something like that, like and sort of run 
a whole series of life forms that were connected in some way like that. Um, but other than that kind of casual flyby insinuation in a lecture, I don't recall Hubbard talking about whether thetans have, you know, whether, whether they'll assume the body of a cat or a dog or another living form. Theoretically, they absolutely could. Uh, but do they? I don't know. Do thetans exist? No. So, you know. So there you go. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Multi-level stuff. Um, yes. Da, 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 da. Is there anything you miss? Oh, okay. Jasmina Law asks, anything you miss from your old Scientology life? Uh, I've said before the certainty of the knowledge. Mm -hmm. That was a big loss. Um, the simpleness of life. Mm. It was so simple to be a Scientologist. All you got to do is listen and obey. And you'll achieve complete spiritual, personal immortality and freedom. And I never thought that those two things were in any way mutually contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means to be in a cult. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I also, by the way, just a bit, I mean, be totally open. I miss a lot of my friends. I miss a lot, miss a lot of the connections I used to have. There were some wonderful people I knew in Scientology. They're not all a bunch of idiots and they're not all a bunch of dunderheads. Uh, there were some really, really good people there. And, uh, and I do miss them. I miss that. Uh, let's see here. Was that, okay, Ms. Lisa May asks, was that freedom medal that TC got a real thing or was it just created to make TC happy? Both. David Miscavige created the Freedom Medal of Honor. Uh, it's the only one that's ever been given out. Uh, there are regularly two to three Freedom Medals given out every year at the IAS event to Scientologists who have done extraordinary things to, you know, pass on Scientology yeah. uh, to others. But, um, uh, and they always exaggerate the stories and the, and the people mm -hmm, who do whatever mm -hmm. they do are always like, you know, yeah, they, they, they talk to a couple people about Scientology and, oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> uh, and they get a Freedom Medal. But the, the Freedom Medal for Cruz was definitely a, um, you know, an acknowledgement and a, a way for David, for David Miscavige to further control Tom Cruise. You know, it's pretty much what that was. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> well, this is an interesting question. Yeah. Um, Adina Menji asks, would Scientology ever consider selling locked down e-readers with LRH books on them in individual devices? Well, they actually have, but they only did that for L. Ron Hubbard's fiction work. They put all the audiobooks of all of his fiction works onto a uh, maxed out iPod. And they were selling that through Author Services International at one point. But no, they have not done that with L. Ron Hubbard's books mm. or lectures. And I don't think they have any plans on doing that. I think they like to control the ownership of that stuff and they want to keep it in-house as much as possible. Um, which sounds weird because it is weird because it's Scientology. So don't expect everything they do to, to make sense. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Oh, hey, if my first channel super chat, five bucks. Thank you very much. 
With all the study you've done on cults, are there overarching character traits that exemplifies the leaders, one mostly positive and the other negative? Um, cult leaders tend to have a certain degree of personal charisma and magnetism uh, that tends to be best exhibited in person. Uh, more so than over uh, video or film or something, although they have uh, a, a very clever use of words and phrasing and, and they appeal, they push certain buttons with people and they develop a base of followers as a result of that. And from that, they tend to then feed their appetites as individuals. And they're could be different things that whet their appetites, right? It could be sex, could be money, could be power, could be violence. Um, you know, we were talking about destructive cult leaders here, of course. I'm not talking about just any leader. So those that's that tends to be how it goes. Um, so those tend to be the characteristics that they have in common is an ability to 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 talk, uh, to 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 kind of form a very personal connection with another person that they that they may or may not know very well. I mean, this is how you develop followers, right? Is you form that personal connection, and then you start subtly, very slowly, very gradually using that relationship. And it becomes this codependent relationship mm -hmm. because there's, at first it's subtle and then it becomes more and more obvious, but to, to outsiders, it's not so obvious to the person who's stuck in the relationship, um, the abusive relationship, but that's, you know, but slowly but surely the abuse increases you know that the 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 cult leader is is wetting his appetites with more frequency and with more with with uh you know with with less abandon you know with more more abandon i think is the, mm -hmm. the expression you know but more freely more liberally until once they've once they've accumulated a whole bunch of followers and their their security and and future is pretty secured they start doing whatever the hell they want, you know, and that's been David Miscavige since, uh, since the, 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 two, the 2000s have started. Uh, do I ever think Travolta will come out of Scientology? Nah, not really. Nah, I think he's in it for, in it to win it. Uh, with you being offline and staying clear of social media, did you hear about the charges filed against Aaron? Yes, I addressed that earlier in the show here. Uh, Sid, so check that out. Uh, when I post this later, I talked extensively about Aaron's situation. So how long have we been on now? Uh, um, about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to be wrapped up folks. Uh, my first channel, uh, our, our cat's name is seven <laughs> and he likes to stay right out of frame. Mm -hmm. He is the shyest cat. It is so hard to get pictures, even shy. pictures of this cat. Anyway, he's, he, he hears you coming with a camera. It's all over. Uh, let's see here. What else we got going on? Yes, we were happy to get him on here. Will I be doing shows about a show about essential oils? I don't have anything in the pipeline planned for that right now, but anything's possible in the future. Um, I, I'm always looking for new content for my podcast. I've got a whole queue of of subject matter, and that could very well end up being one of them. So uh, let's see here. Na, 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 na. Xenu versus Thanos. Who would win? <laughs> I'd say Thanos because he has that yeah, infinity gauntlet, the, man. He's, he's like, that going on. Yeah, he can just ruin the universe. Yeah, he'll just take you out, man. He just punched Xenu right in the nose. 
uh, did seven come from a litter of nine? You know, everybody asked that. <laughs> everybody asked that. Can you, does he still have the little, Yeah. drag him over here. Let's, it's let's... kind of hard to see, but on his little right leg there, he's got this little mark and it kind of looks like a seven. And that's how it got his little name. Not seven of nine. <laughs> Not seven of nine. <laughs> An unfortunate Star Trek coincidence. Yeah. People also think maybe I named him after the movie Seven, which I oh. love, but would be kind of a dark thing to name your cat. That's true. That is that is a little <laughs> bit interesting. All right, guys. Uh, curious of any updates on Tommy Davis and Shelly Miscavige? Nah, no, no real updates. Just conjecture. Uh, I've done two podcasts recently where we where we give the latest and greatest about Shelly and some conjecture about it. But she's probably just hanging out up at CST doing her thing, and uh, that's probably just the the Occam's Razor answer. Is this is the probably the most likely one? <laughs> anyway. Well, I was hoping you would get some questions. Yeah, but, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> it's, uh, it is what it is. You mm. guys are awesome. Thank you very much for coming around and watching the show uh, that we finally did get put up here. <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny because in the my head's cut off, and on the camera we have all this room above our heads. Yeah. So YouTube is uh, doing something. Doing so oh no, there it is. There okay. it is. There it is. Okay, good. All right, folks. Thanks for coming around and watching. Thank you so much for the support and the the monetary donations as well. We really appreciate it, and it is what keeps everything going here. And if you really want to help support this channel, join me on Patreon. That is. Um, that's the thing that keeps the roof over our head here. Thanks again, and I'm glad for the opportunity to answer your questions. I will continue doing so every single week. This has been our 200th episode. It has been a rocking one. I really love the questions we got here, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's uh, wrap this thing up here. How do we do that? <laughs> we end the stream.